If you've received this recording, it's because somebody cares about you and they want to share with you the good news. We as human beings, we often don't like to think about things like death. But the reality is that death is the one thing that is certain to happen to us all. As you look around, you can see people about you. The reality is, a hundred years from now, they won't be here. Death is absolute. A few things that we need to understand is, number one, the earth was here before we got here. The universe was here before we got here. And both the earth and the universe are very complex things. What that should tell us is that there is a very intelligent, very powerful being out there that created all this. Random chance could not have done this. Since there is a superior being out there, it is very necessary that we understand who he is and come to terms with him and be at peace with him. I did a lot of research on many of the world's religions and one thing that I kept running into is that it, any religion I seemed to look into, they all felt the need to have a Jesus. They all didn't agree on what role Jesus should play, but for some reason they all felt the need to have a Jesus. Not every religion had an Allah or a Muhammad. Not every religion had a Joseph Smith or Brigham Young. Not every religion had a Mary Baker Eddy or a Watchtower Society. Not every religion had a Buddha or a Shiva or a Krishna or a Zoroaster. But all of them felt the need to have a Jesus. Some would say he was a prophet. Some would say he was just a mere man or a good man or a good teacher. Some would say that he was a god but not god some would say he was an angel some would say he didn't exist at all I decided I would go to the one book that tells you about the life of Jesus Christ and that's the Bible and find out what he had to say about himself and one thing that we learn is Jesus never lied he always told the truth so when he says something you can believe it and Jesus said of himself I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus described himself as being the way, and the truth, and the life. We live in a world today where there are many religions that try to show that there is a whole bunch of different ways. But Jesus said, no, it's only one way. The Bible makes it clear that there is only one name that has been given to men by which we must be saved. And that is the name Christ Jesus. No other name is going to do. No organization is going to free you from your sins. And no religion will do it either. Only Jesus has the authorization to free you from your sins. While other religions will try to teach you that in order to be in favor with God that you'll have to do some kind of works program, whether it be traveling to one place to another or having to attend various meetings or going door to door or various other things, I decided to stick with the Bible and find out what the Bible said was the way to be at peace with God. The Bible tells us there's good news, and that word good news is summed up in a word, and the word is gospel. So I went into the scripture to search out the gospel.
And this is what I found. 1 Corinthians 15, chapter 1 through 6. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which ye also are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached to you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and he was seen of Cephas, then to the twelve. After that he was seen above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain until the present, but some are fallen asleep. The gospel message is that we human beings have sinned against God. And because we have sinned against God, we deserve his wrath and punishment. But God does not take pleasure in punishing us human beings. So he decided that what he would do was he would make a way for us to be at peace with him, to have our sins forgiven. And the way that he decided to do it was simple. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what did Jesus do for us? It's simple. The wages of sin is death, and because we've all sinned, we all deserve death. Now how do we know that we've sinned? Well, God gave us ten laws and told us to abide by these, but it's made very clear that if you break one, any one of the ten laws, the Bible says you're guilty of breaking them all. If you offend the law in one point, you are guilty of all. And if you break any one of the laws, being guilty before God, you must find forgiveness before you die. If you die without forgiveness, God will have no other choice but to sentence you to hell. He doesn't want to sentence you to hell. So he's made a way for you to not have to go. But some of you may be saying, but I'm a good person. Why would he want to send me to hell? Well, let's determine how good you really are by standing you next to God's law. See if you have broken any one of these ten laws that God has made. Number one, Exodus chapter 20, starting at verse 1. And the Lord spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's number one. Have you at any other time in your life, or at any time in your life, worshipped anyone besides Jesus Christ? If so, you're in violation of God's law. Are you a member of a religion which teaches you to worship anyone or anything or any other being besides Jesus Christ? If so, according to God's law, you've broken his word. You've broken his law. Number two. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the waters under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I am the Lord thy God, and am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto the thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments. 
Are you a part of a religion that teaches you to bow down to statues and images? Are you a Roman Catholic? Will they tell you to bow down to the statue of Mary or the saints? Or they tell you to do a little symbol across your heart in front of a statue? Are you a part of a religion that tells you to burn incense to a statue? If so, you've broken God's law. God says you are not to do that. You are not to make images and bow down to them. Next up. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Have you at any time in your life ever not given God his proper reverence? You ever use the name of Jesus Christ as a curse word? If so, you've broken God's law. Number four. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger with entereth within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, in the issue of the Sabbath, there are some religions that take this to the extreme. But Jesus cleared the whole thing up. He said, if you have an ox and it falls into a ditch on the Sabbath day, are you going to leave it there? Or are you going to get it out? Well, obviously, you'd get it out. You're not going to leave it in there and have it die or be hurt. You'd get it out. What he was saying is there are some things that has to be done on the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made as a day of rest for us. And we need to understand that. But we don't need to take it to the extreme like some religions do, saying that if you worship on any other day besides Saturday that there's something wrong with you or that you have some kind of uh, mark of the beast or something like I've heard some religions say. That's taking it to the extreme. We need to understand that there are some things that has to be done on the Sabbath day. There is some work that has to be done. What if, for instance, in America... Those who are responsible for treating the water and keeping the water clean and pure decided they're not going to do it on Saturday. How are you going to drink? What if those who are responsible for the electricity decided they were not going to run electricity on Saturday? What if the doctor says we're not going to operate on Saturday? So you need to understand there are some things that has to be done on the Sabbath. And Jesus is just saying the seventh day of the Sabbath it is a day of rest. Use it that way. But, if you've ever broken this law, you're guilty of breaking God's law. But it's okay. I have some good news coming up. Next up. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Have you at any time in your life dishonored your parents? If so, you've broken God's law. But don't worry. I have some good news coming. Next up, thou shalt not kill. Now Jesus also clarified this one. He said also, if a brother hates his brother without a cause, he's killed that person. He's murdered that person in his heart. So this term goes a bit further than many want to admit. But at the same time, we need to understand that this is God's law that he is presenting to us. And we as human beings cannot live up to this standard. 
But there's good news coming. There's good news. Next up, thou shalt not commit adultery. Have you ever had uh, sexual relations with someone who was not your wife or husband? If so, you've broken God's law. Next up, thou shalt not steal. Have you ever stolen? Anything? Ever borrow something and forget to take it back? Stealing can be big or small. But there's good news if you've broken this law. Next up, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Have you ever told a lie? I don't need to go any further. And last up, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Coveting basically means to want something that belongs to somebody else so bad that you're willing to do anything to get it. The Bible says you're not to do that. Now, these are the Ten Commandments. Have you broken any one of these? Um, we all have. We all have. And because we've broken God's law, we deserve God's wrath and punishment. But as I mentioned earlier, God doesn't take any pleasure out of punishing us. He doesn't take any pleasure out of doing us harm. He doesn't want to have to punish us. But he made it clear, the soul that sinneth shall die. The wages of sin is death. And sin is a price that must be paid. So here's the good news. If you've broken any of these laws, you can be forgiven right here and right now. You know why? It's real simple. God decided He would pay the price for you. But you have to accept it. If you reject it, God has no choice but to send you to hell. And He doesn't want to have to do that. The Bible lets us know that Jesus came to the earth and Jesus identified Himself over and over again as being God. He demonstrated the power of God. He did things that no mere human could do. And then he told the people, You tear down this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. Now the people in his day didn't quite understand what he was saying by that, but the Bible clarified that he was talking about the temple of his body. If I be lifted up upon the earth, I will draw all men unto me, Jesus said. And outside the walls of Jerusalem, Jesus was crucified on a cross. Jesus, who committed no sin and no crime, took upon himself our sins and our crimes. And he allowed himself in a human body to be put to death for the sake of the human race. So that every sin you have done could be forgiven. He bore within his body the pain and the suffering for our sins, for yours and for mine. And all he asks for you to do is to believe that he paid the price for the sins that you did. He asks you to pray and ask him to forgive you. You see, he didn't just die. He was 
whipped and beaten. He was spat upon. He was paraded down the road on his way to be crucified. They nailed him to a cross. They hung him out. They stripped him of his clothes and hung him there naked. The Bible says they cast lots for his clothes to see who would get him. In humiliation, the God of the universe, who had taken on a human body for your sake, gave his human life so that you could be forgiven of the sins you've done. To be a part of any religion that teaches you that you can somehow earn God's favor by doing good works is a mockery to God who left the glory of heaven and came down to this earth and gave his life for you on the cross. And the good news, not only did he give his life so that you could have your sins forgiven, he was buried in a cave. A stone was rolled in front of the cave and soldiers were placed in front of the cave to make sure nobody stole the body because the people were aware that he had said, if you kill me, in three days, I'm going to come back. And just as he said he would, he did. And not only did he come back, but there are people that bear testimony that he came back. They bear witness of the fact that he rose from the dead. And we need to understand this gospel message clearly. Let me read it for you again. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye also have received, and wherein ye stand, by which ye are also saved, if you keep in memory that which I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, and then of the twelve. After that, he was seen above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain until this present, but some are fallen asleep. I want you to understand the four parts of the gospel before we close. Because of our sins, God came down to help us. I've heard people say, God helps those that help themselves. That's not found anywhere in the Bible. The Bible teaches something rather different. That because the human race could not help themselves, God had to come down here to help us. When we look at it that way, it humbles us. There's no pride that can stand in the way when we realize that God had to humble himself to come down here to help us because we couldn't help ourselves. We couldn't forgive our own sins. Jesus had to do it for us. He lived a life without sin in a human body. He allowed himself to be crucified publicly, died publicly, was buried publicly, and he rose and was seen. Four parts. He died and was buried. How do you know he was dead? He was buried. Why was he buried? because he was dead and he rose again and was seen how would you know he rose from the dead if nobody saw him 
It's very important when we preach this gospel message that we remind people not only did he rise from the dead, but he was seen. And not only was he seen, but people are named who saw him. Verse 5, And he was seen of Cephas, and then of the twelve. After that he was seen of about five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, and then of all the apostles. And last of all he was seen of me also, as one born out of due time. It's very important that we understand the four parts of the gospel. He died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried. He rose again and was seen. And he identifies people that saw Jesus when he came back. And because he rose again, even though we'll have to suffer death in the flesh, we have the promise that we who have believed that Jesus died for our sins and have accepted that, our sins are forgiven. He tells us to repent. We repent from our sins. We believe that he died on the cross for us, that he was buried, and that he rose again. And he was seen as evidence that he rose again. And we know that one day we too will rise again when he calls us up on the last day. That's the good news. No matter what happens on this earth, no matter how bad it gets, we can know that even though in the flesh we may suffer death, to live is Christ, to die is gain. When Jesus has forgiven you of your sins, you don't have to worry about anything that happens to you down here on this earth because the most they can do is kill you. That's the most they can do. You stand for Jesus Christ and you preach this message that Jesus died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again. And he was seen after he rose as evidence that he rose again. Tell others this good news. That even though we have sinned, even though we have blown it, the God of heaven wants to forgive us. But there's only one way. We cannot earn it. We cannot buy it. We are not going to bribe God. He made one way for you to have your sins forgiven. You must come to Jesus Christ. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins and accept the fact that He died on the cross for you. That He was buried. That He rose again. That He was seen. And live your life for Jesus Christ. If you're English speaking, get yourself a King James Bible, read it, and believe it. Believe on Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. If you're a part of a religion that teaches you not to believe on Jesus Christ, not to worship Jesus Christ, not to believe in the crucifixion on the cross, etc., you need to get out of that religion and find yourself a church that will preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. No matter what the consequence, you need to get out of that religion if they're teaching you that you are not to accept Jesus Christ. That's all I can say. The good news, no matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've blown it, Jesus will forgive you of your sins if you just come to him and ask him to forgive you of your sins and believe the message.
the gospel in simple words. You're tuned in with the Underground Christian Network.